Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Jolly Good Foodcast. I'm your host, Chef Jolly. The Jolly Good Foodcast is a platform to discuss and better understand the continuously evolving hospitality industry. <laughs> Today, we have a mentor, a friend, and an industry veteran, Mr. Upendra Singh Jamwal. Mr. Jamwal is a seasoned and a professional hotelier. He is a people's person, a true mentor who believes in taking the team with him and believes in his team's progress. He has a very sharp eye for detail and accepts nothing less than perfection. He has immense knowledge about the industry and is always willing to guide his colleagues. Currently, he is the chief mentor at Sri Sai Hospitality Services. Mr. Jamwal, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself? Well, hello, everybody. What do I tell you about myself? Well, I've been in this industry for nearly 40 plus years. I started my career way back in the 1975 and uh, went through a training program with the India Tourism Development Corporation, where the training ground was immense, very big of those days. Those days. Since uh, there were not many hotels uh, in India in those days, so and I got to work at the Ashok Hotel in Delhi, which was where really I was grounded and I was trained immensely because we had a lot of state banquets to do. We had right. Hyderabad House to look after. We had uh, the Hyderabad House to look after. We had the Vigyan Bhavan to look after. And uh, during those days, after my training period at the Ashok Hotel, I learned about banquets, I learned about production, I learned about managing restaurants, I learned about managing bars, and then setting up VVIP uh, catering events at the Vigyan Bhavan, in Hyderabad House, the Prime Minister's House, and uh, at the Ashok Hotel itself. I was a part of the team that did the non-aligned meet in 1982 for right. about 100 head of governments and states. I was also a part of the team that set up the Asian Games Village kitchen. Really? Wow, fantastic. For, for food to the, the sink, uh, to the athletes. So that was basically my learning ground. But then... Uh, Having learned enough and uh, having to suffer employment in a, in a semi-government organization wasn't enough for me. So I left in 83 and I went up to Nepal to work at the, those days, the Hilton Annapurna, later the Annapurna Hotel, where I got an opportunity by the management to send me to Hong Kong and to Bangkok and to Singapore to, to learn about food and beverage, the food and beverage management system. And wow. there also, I was in, instrumental in uh, in catering for government functions and catering to the palace uh, for their needs from time to time. It was always shared between us and the Sotio Broy. And uh, so that, throughout that was a learning period. And then I came back to India, worked with Choice Hotels, and that's where I met Susan Jolly. Yes. As a, as, as a young, young <laughs> novice intern. <laughs> Right. Uh, he, he, yeah. So I remember the time very well. Yes. 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 <laughs> when you sorry to cut it, when when you mentioned 1975, I could picture myself <laughs> probably two years old <laughs> when you were in the sort of the 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 hardcore industry in those days. It was so so yes. different. And, it was and, very and, different in the sense. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Go yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. Please go on because I was I was just no, trying to picture. I, I said two years old. And, and, and you were at a time because I only joined the industry in 1993 and, and I thought it was such a tough world, but when you were there, it must have been much tougher, isn't it? 
So, oh, it was very, very tough. Actually, I, I got sucked into this because uh, when I was little, uh, when I just out of school, uh, I went to Delhi with my father and we got to stay. My father was the guest of the government of India and we got to stay at the Ashok Hotel. So yeah. I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized by the opulence of the hotel. The penis silver wear that time <laughs> looked like silly. Look like and try, and trying to trying to look look into yourself through those uh, uh, polished spoons, and you could get yeah, your yeah, uh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. <laughs> and we were put up yeah. in a we were put up in an executive suite, so it had a different it had a separate dining room, sitting room, you know, this thing. I was totally taken aback, and then uh, sort of something it interested me. I'm going to work in such a if I join this industry, I'll be working in such a posh place. But all those uh, all those dreams. Uh, all those dreams were immediately put to rest when I joined <laughs> Hotel Marriott in Delhi. You saw the top view, the, the glittery, yeah, the glitterati, yeah, the glamorous yeah, side. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, yes. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, the, the back of the house area, the way the staff works, the cleaning, the WCs and the bathrooms. The, knowing knowing you... Knowing you as a person and a personality, I know you must have really volunteered and say, I, I will do it. Tell me what about it. So I know you being a leader, you must have yeah, never I mean, shied away, never shied away from it. I, I did what was what was allocated to me. I, what was allocated to me was the, the housekeeping job of clearing the rooms and doing the bathrooms and making right. up the rooms. So whatever little knowledge that I had as a first year student, I put it to use. But there were the executive housekeeper, then the other housekeepers, the executive staff of the Hotel was there to help you, guide you. That's how that's how you know, life starts at the beginning. You learn as you go along. I think when you mentioned about 1982, I remember the Asiad was such a big thing in India. Uh, and, and we remember, the, the only thing we remember is the Appu, the logo, the elephant <laughs> logo Appu. And uh, yeah, I probably we, was hardly nine years old then, yeah. Yeah, I had a great boss, you know, who led this team. And I, I learned a few leadership techniques and skills from him. One was, his name was Mr. Pramod Mato. He was, right. he was leading the effort into setting up the Asian Games Village Kitchen, you know. So wow. we had about four to 5,000 at least to feed. That was, that, that was a great learning. And I can quite imagine that in today's day and age, when we talk about the hygiene, the sanitation, the HACCP, the, the food temperatures, yeah. and then yeah. trying to do all that stuff in 1982 with a very that, different technology available, it must hardly have been a hell of a task. Hard, yeah, yeah. There was hardly any technology available. It was only, the only word was keep everything clean. Clean, clean, right. clean. That's all. How clean is clean? I was often, often asked. <laughs> so how clean is yeah. clean is what your perception of cleanliness is, you know? Right, so you, right, right. You keep it that, you keep it that much clean. No, no, no absolutely. No, I mean, so so after uh, so we met at uh, Mysore, and uh, yeah. I, I remember I think the Choice Hotels flagship hotel was Southern Star Mysore, where you were the GM, and yeah. I had uh, I had a big uh, debate with the uh, chairman and the people of Choice to to plant me there, and I think it took mm. them about a year to sort of listen to me, but I was very fortunate uh, uh, working under you. So, so tell us, um, uh, tell us uh, something about Southern Star Mysore, which really made it the flagship in Mysore, well, in the Choice Hotels. It took some time, Susan. Uh, it, it moved slowly, one by one. First, we did the public areas, the lobby and the restaurant and the bar and the reception. 
then we did did up the room then we added uh, the barbecue uh, the charcoal barbecue restaurant by the pool side i remember um, yes yeah so and which you were instrumental in running it from time to time yes we yes from from uh, rambadu khatri mostly what i remember is you know your, your enthusiasm there to learn and to move forward in life if you remember i, I gave you this to push our fnb revenues so we thought of doing weekend food festivals you came up with inside your pizza festival we started before that was the first one that we did i do kima pizza and rajma pizza chole <laughs> pizza yeah, which, i i remember but, was, I rem- but yeah but do you remember that it was also great success and we had to repeat it i have also. i have never seen so many people in the ballroom in the in the hotel uh, periphery Uh, thousands yeah. of people it was like a fair <laughs> yeah, i remember it was what. like a fair um and i think it was my interim my early days in my career as well and and yeah, one thing so- i have to i have to give you is is your your belief in your team to sort of uh take it forward you know if they believe in something you said okay go on and that's a confidence and we we were all out and that was a fantastic time spent in uh, in mysore one more cool thing was i think you came up with a very cool uh, a strategy where the uh, sort of senior managers were given responsibilities to be the manager of the uh, uh, you know evening or something like that and we had to patrol yeah. the whole hotel and that yeah. you know with the security guards and and that was that gave us a real uh, a responsible feel didn't it Uh, which is quite cool I never heard of before because mind you it's not only about giving you this possibility it's also giving you an insight into other departments how they operate how they work how how you can assess from your side you know as yeah. as, a, as a as a kitchen production personnel how yeah how you see what what's happening in the restaurant what are the <laughs> difficulties with the yeah. kitchen and, and all that yeah. so it's a, it's a small learning process you get an insight into how other other departments work i think it brings and, out a lot of uh, uh, confidence and uh, uh, you know the, the getting over the fear of the unknown i think that that yeah. element in the personality of a manager would be a senior manager does really help you know i i can go i can go on and on for hours talking about a wonderful time in mysore and the trip to goa and all <laughs> that stuff but i think i'll come back See, that, those are all motivational motivational strategies to motivate the people who work with me it's it's like the monthly executive parties we used to do at each other's yeah. houses there after a few drinks people would get on each other's throats earlier it was difficult to assess consumer behavior but now with social media impact you know consumers what they need what they require what they're talking about so that has changed tremendously the other the other thing that has changed is uh, as uh, the technology has now brought in more competition amongst hotels the rates are going down the costs are going up so the profitability margins are reducing increasingly reducing so the hoteliers have to find uh, have to find ways and means of operating profitable hotels earlier it was uh, totally you know there was there was a demand and there was shortage of supply now there is a lot of supply and demand has dwindled in the sense right because because of corona because of corona covid whatever but uh, right even the the supply that there is uh, in the marketplace it's highly competitive 
you know right if say if a hotel a is offering similar standard hotel if hotel a is offering say 200 dollars per night with bed and breakfast the hotel b will somehow come to know about it and go online and offer you 150 dollars right and keep cutting each other's weights so i have not understood that how hotel meaning i have always maintained that where in whichever whichever environment you are operating if you are a four star hotel or you are five star hotel you all get together and fix it okay you won't go below this so right. everybody survives everybody survives but here everybody is in a rush to make a quick buck and move on and ensure to the employer that okay we are doing we are doing a lot of work and we are we are trying to keep the company afloat right profit margins have you know de- decreased because of all these issues then the commissions uh, to online travel agencies they they demand a high high commission these things do matter a lot though this yeah. industry that we we work in has been around for thousands of years and it will continue to be around for another thousand years because nobody can do without it but right. uh, things things will keep evolving every now and yeah. then yeah yeah you know yeah people yeah. will find new ways yeah i think i can i can relate very well with you because um you know 1993 is when i joined the taj group of hotels in delhi Uh, yeah. as, as a management trainee and a chef you know in the culinary side of things and at yeah. that time we we had the hotels bustling away and busy and in every restaurant and banqueting and i remember because we had to pull trolleys so from that unit of pulling trolleys and big pots i can tell you how many functions we had in a day and not only that at, at that time we had a handful of brands didn't we because we had the taj we had the itc we had the obroy and delhi had the meridians and the the hyatt broadly speaking uh, and and now i think as i you know towards the end of uh, 19 was it 1999 around then we suddenly had a a bust of international brands coming in uh, you know with the likes of the marriott chain and and the other hotels um, a lot of brands came in uh, do you think that with these brands coming in uh, along with the sort of the old set uh, uh, hotels uh, did that also make an impact on the uh, uh, let's say the average rates or uh, you know the 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 profitability if you like definitely the the international brands having now come and set uh, set foot in india uh, has 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 that two has has that two impacts one is it has woken up the it has woken up the local hotel industry which is the umroyes and the itc and taj and all that right. uh, the other is the other is it has it has given a wide choice to customers and it it has also started the practice of of rewarding its customers if you're using them often people are getting membership loyalty membership programs to right to, to go through so people are it's it's like now choosing a hotel is like choosing an airline which is your favorite airline yeah so, but and then the most important thing is you know customers at the end of the day they need recognition no matter in which hotel they stay yes you know and if is they are recognized by their arrival they like that kind of hotel to stay because they, they know that everybody knows them and they know their preferences they know what yeah. they want for you know so that's how yes. it works and that is important to maintain to know your customer and uh, in india the the banks and financial institutions use kyc norms 
but even in hotels, if you know your customer uh, and and his personal likes and dislikes, you are a, you are ahead of the competition to retain him with you. Absolutely, no, no absolutely, absolutely agree. And I remember having uh, joined uh, the hotels and uh, Marriott Group of hotels in the year two thousand, and it was it was a sea change of experience working in in Indian hotel. Uh, chains versus international hotel chains, and the the eye for detail, the the uh, uh, you know the minute details of preferences, of breakfast offerings, of uh, you know executive lounge. Uh, um, we never heard of things like executive lounge before. Uh, you know, trying to create an upscale, a very exclusive dining uh, selection for a certain set of of uh, uh, you know the guests. And creating all that very bespoke sort of offering uh, to the customers, we started drawing them. And, and, and mind you, their rates weren't very cheap. They were expensive. Uh, oh, I guess... See, uh, that's what, that's what yeah. you know, people, any customer, uh, okay, he likes to stay at the Taj Club lounge, okay? Because there he yeah. can have the breakfast separately. He doesn't have a mingle around with the group. He's got a little lounge to sit and read and relax and meet his guests and all that. These are all attractions to, to bring in more customers. And people like that kind of... Uh, it's not that it, money is not the issue. You see, these are new ways of marketing your product. That's all. Today's uh, yeah. consumers, thanks to technology in general, are more sophisticated and educated than they were 30, 40 years ago. No, right. This, and this, that sophistication has touched many areas of the industry. Absolutely. Many, many decades ago, the only travelers that really understood the differences in the brands were frequent business travelers. Now, with the availability of online ratings and a smaller world footprint, the, the consumer has the ability to research and very properly understand uh, his or her options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree. I mean, you know, it's, it's become so interesting that on one side, We've got luxury hotels, you know, I mean, you, you can have uh, a purser with you to, to take you out shopping uh, yeah. uh, versus uh, there are formats with the likes of uh, uh, OYO hotels or the other hotels which are basic and, and, and very cleverly niched out into the needs of a customer. So it could be a, a comfortable, clean bed, a functional toilet, uh, and that's it. You know, and and then and then uh, how how cleverly we have niched out into the needs and the need-based hotels have been created, isn't it? And so unknown in the earlier days, isn't it? It is because see, there there is there is a customer available for each segment of hotels, right? And it's, right, yeah. Uh, there's for the luxury brand, the most luxury brand, their customers available, and for the basic need models like Oyo or, or Ginger. Their customers are available. And, but customers are only going to come to you provided you meet their needs. That's all. Whether you're an OYO or you're a Ginger or you're a Marriott or JW or Taj Bombay or whatever. You know, right. you, you, you've got to meet the expectations. What, what normally happens is, uh, at least in India, I've noticed that many hotels, they talk so much about themselves and they promise so much that when a customer checks in and a customer <coughs> utilizes the, uh, the facilities of the hotel, is that right. those expect he comes with high expectations, but then those expectations are belied. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Because you now customers, customers have come to expect more services and amenities at lower costs. Yes, abs absolutely. And, and these and these offerings can make a difference. 
so everybody is in the sad phase you know one thing yeah. one thing very in, in uh, sorry to cut to you but one thing very interesting which i've observed last 10 12 years that the format of hotels uh, uh, uh you know the the way they have designed the interiors of the hotels is changed i'll give an example uh, uh there is a concept of great room just called the great room concept and and very us based driven concept where you enter hotel lobby and the hotel lobby becomes a social zone so walking 10 steps you've got a bar you know you you walk on the same floor you've got a cafe you on the same floor you've got a specialty restaurant you know some of them are open and and so i think i think they've tried to create an environment where rather than trying to even travel any further you've got everything at your doorstep you know as you enter uh, uh, it it kind of gives you that vibe the nice vibe so with with you know talking about evolving economies with the likes of india or, or brazil or talk about the other upcoming countries the 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 the, the public i think their their spend their exposure their global travels all have sort of uh, uh impacted how today's and tomorrow's uh, uh, hotels are all shaping up isn't it yeah definitely it has raised customer expectations to to a to a high to a very high listing uh, such hotels are needed nowadays what happens is if you open up restaurants here and there in hotels as you earlier we must have noticed hotel restaurants weren't doing very very well they had to be marketed right. you had to really send but now yes. if if a customer can get a feel of what is outside within the lobby of the hotel at, right. at one level he need not he, yeah. he may not want to go out and mind you good restaurants are outside are not cheaper than hotel restaurants they are equally expensive i was actually coming up to that point which you shared a very interesting point that because i'm in the uk and i get to travel globally well uh, at the moment you know because there's so much of food available outside hotels right so many so many choices available outside the hotel one one would have to be very careful as to as to how many how many outlets one go to open in a in a hotel unless it's right. a, it's a very very it's a, it's a it's a highly special specialty restaurant doing food that is may, may not be available in town which are right. operating in but now in the in the larger cities in the metros in the larger cities there's so much so much of choice available that yes a guest would have one meal in the hotel but would the next evening may want to go out or his local host uh, would want him to come to some other place they are not comfortable in there and they don't want him to have uh, a meal in the hotel that he's staying in when we grew up i mean i i always spent a lot of time in india having worked abroad in in different countries in london currently uh you know earlier days when i was growing up and this is a big chunk of my growing up 10 12 years of my industry from 93 to probably 2000 uh, you know 4 5 that the hotels the hotels opened restaurants like three or four specialty restaurants and a big a breakfast or a cafe and 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 then gradually over the years we have seen the hotel owners or the investors or the designers have started shrinking the specialty restaurant formats and they're focusing a lot on the three meal restaurant uh, and then maybe one or two specialty uh, what are your thoughts about it i think i think this is such a such a big change that has happened in india 
that also financially speaking, it's it's a lot profitable to have the hotel with uh, rooms uh, rather than uh, the restaurants, because I, you know, having having been in the industry for such a long time from restaurant point of view, the bottom line of restaurant operations is much more slim. And on the contrary, right opposite are the rooms, isn't it? I mean, you get a major margin out of the rooms versus running an F&B outlet. See, the, the gross operating profit on rooms is, is, high, is as high as 60 to 70 percent. Correct. But the, the gross operating on F&B comes down to 30-40% depending upon how you control your costs and your other distance. I, I would so, love to even get 30-40. In the UK, it is much more slim because the no, wage cost saying. and the rents are so... I mean, you'll be yeah. lucky if you get a 20%. But even, <laughs> but even in India, even in India today, a normal hotel size, say, of a 100-room hotel size, yeah. with, with a, one specialty restaurant, one 24-hour coffee shop, one bar, and, and a bit of banquets. Uh, they are also, they, they can feel the stress, the operations cause to the bottom line. Absolutely. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was advising one hotel in Goa and uh, they had uh, two restaurants and a bar and uh, a small banqueting facility. And I discovered that, uh, that, that out of the profit that they made, yes. uh, sorry, out of, out of the expenditure that they incurred, yeah, uh, per month, you know, forty-five percent of the expenditure was related to food and beverages. Wow, of the whole hotel, of the whole hotel. And oh, that is basically that is basically the salaries, and uh, the direct material costs, and uh, electricity, and you know, and all that. So, was it really worthwhile uh, carrying on with such FMB operations? If you know, if you sell more rooms, you make more money. So, you see, okay. you, you've, you, you've actually touched a very sensitive point because, you know, however passionate a chef I am, and, and, and you know, I can speak for a lot of chefs and, and the restaurant fraternity people, uh, that, you know, we are mad, we are passionate, we want, to, we want to be able to put magic on the plate and so and so forth. But at the end of the day, the business sense in me tells me that it is so slim, uh, a bit, uh, so slim a bottom line it is so it is so hurting to see that because you know i can i can speak from london's point of view that the rent and the rates in in central london are so expensive that anybody now now not talking about post covid people will think 10 times before they come up with a concept however the suburbs you can still survive because obviously the rent and the rates are much you know uh, yeah, not see yeah, you are talking. You are talking about hotels. I'm leave. Let's leave hotels aside. Let's take standalone restaurants. Right. The standalone restaurant. What kills the business? If you have your own property, you don't have to pay a high rent. If your rent is exceeding 15, 17 percent of your turnover, you're yeah. not going to make. You know, you're never going to make a decent margin. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 the thumb rule in the UK is close to about 20 percent of the top line. Which you know, yeah, which is, is, is rent. very high. And rent which and rates, obviously. High. The rates, rates can be very high in, in the UK. And and uh, I, I, I certainly see that this is one of the reasons. And second is that people come and stay in hotels. They obviously want to get out and venture and see the city, the local culture, you know, what's happening, what's new in this area and that area. You know, people look up on TripAdvisor and start uh, deciding. Actually, personally talking about me, 
you know, I start looking at uh, a city's TripAdvisor restaurant ratings before I reach the city and how much of an impact that has on a hotel's food and beverage outlet as well. I'm sure you've experienced that as well. As I said, technology, now you've got on your, on, your, on, your, on your mobile phone, you can select a restaurant to go to. You can get exactly. all the reviews from it. And you can choose, okay, this is, seems like a good restaurant. It's got excellent reviews, must be having excellent food. Let's try this out. It's, it's actually becoming a habit, no matter where you go and stay, at least one meal, which is dinner, people yes. would want to go out. They don't mind Very having true. lunch because it's, it's all business lunches and it's, they want a quick lunch and you know it's convenient for them. They're meeting the hotel, at least they have a lunch or something like that. When it comes to relaxation in the evenings, they, they want to go out and try out something new. Absolutely. I think, I think which is why now, uh, I, I, in future, I don't see hotels, large format hotels, to have a, a three-meal cafe and maybe one speciality at the most. Uh, and, you know, having a coffee being sold in the lobby is going to become a big thing rather than, uh, you know, having those multi-numbered uh, speciality restaurants. But, yes. but going, going on a from here... in the lobby is enough. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe. You know, yeah. a nice a nice caffeine rush in the morning with mm -hmm. a, a, a takeaway bite and off you go. Because I think the, yeah. the whole demographics of dining breakfast is also changing. But tell me something, Mr. Jamwal, how do you, um, what are your thoughts about the social media and the influencer marketing, which is really taken up so big that uh, it's literally taken up the whole space of uh, uh, marketing? Well, it plays a very, very important role. The social media, and the influencer marketing is is what makes people decide on the choice whether they're choosing right. they're selecting a hotel or they're selecting a restaurant and they they definitely go by what they see on the net or on, on social media today if you're not using uh, social media you're nowhere and if, even if you have to buy uh, advertising, advertising space on social media you need to buy it i remember during our times when we used to drive on the highways, we used to see these big billboards of hotels, you know, glamorous, how they looked. Or if you're, if you're flying, you have these fancy magazines and you see adverts of hotels. And that's how yeah, we, no. uh, in those days, then that's how we knew about these fancy that, hotels. But yeah, now... That was the <laughs> social media of those days. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, and now I see uh, not only the... The, the restaurant chefs or the managers, it's the general managers of the hotels who are putting posts of how awesome a pancake the chef has made or, or a Caesar salad or a nice braise or specials for the weekend and Sunday brunches. I think the whole social media is flooded with who is doing what. I mean, on one side, it is so interesting to see all these colorful uh, conceptual things going on. But literally the next day, you know, people, I mean, for the lack of words, I wouldn't say copying, but getting inspired by what one is doing and trying to better that. It's become a social media war of, of all this, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, and it can get... It can get, it can definitely, get definitely. You know, coming, get coming, back, coming back to the restaurants and hotels, when I used to work in the Ashoka, now just, you just count on your fingertips. We had the Peacock, which was the Indian food restaurant. Right. Then... Uh, then we had the Royal Nova, which was a French food restaurant. Then we had, uh, I forget the name, there was another restaurant, the 
forget the name. It was it was a continental American kind of a restaurant. Then right. there was a Taiwan Cyprus, which was the Greek Cypriot restaurant. And right. then there was a coffee. Then there was a coffee shop. And then there were two bars. So they had seven outlets and add to it, add to it the pastry shop downstairs. So those were the days when these places would be filled up. You know, there right. were customers for it. They would come, they would drive. They, uh, at least I know that the Rouge Noah, which was a French food restaurant. Right. And uh, because we had a French chef called Roger Monco and the Indian restaurant. And uh, sorry, I forgot about the, the, uh, the grill outside, you know. Oh. The, the, the kebab, uh, the kebab corner outside. That right. all these, all these used to be packed. But now, but now it's all gone. Wow. Yeah. But 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 so it, it must it must have been so stressful for the the operations director or the general manager or or the chef and, and you know the the F and B heads to be able to. But on one side, in those days, maybe the options were limited and, and, and there were more bombs on seat. But now if I was to think it's only getting stressful because you know, you've got to break your budgets, you have revenue meetings and forecasts every week. Um, and, and this takes me to a very interesting point. And I was so impressed, not initially, I have to admit, but later I was so impressed when you, if you remember in Mysore Southern Star, you used to have meditation meetings before the day would start. So tell me something about that because I still remember nowhere in the world I have ever come across a GM who would have meditation meetings. See, uh, I, you, that was something see, so impressive. Tell me something about that. <laughs> see, I've been, I've been meditating for many years. So I, I discovered that through meditation, that I, there were plenty of changes within me automatically that happened. So I right. thought that if it, if it can happen to me, it can happen to others also. Yes. So the idea, the idea of holding collective meditation every Sunday was, and it was open to anybody. Nobody was forced into it. People were welcome to come to it and we would do a collective meditation. And before starting the day, there's something called a daily prayer, which is with you also. That daily prayer is important. To, to be said so that it leads you the leads you on the right path in, in your work. What happens with this little bit of meditation that you do at the end of the day, you 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 get some kind of foresight, forethought in doing the right things. You get enough confidence to overcome adversity. You you don't let problems ride you. You ride the problems. You know it's it's like. It's, it's like riding a horse and then all of a sudden the horse breaks down and then the right horse, is, the horse rides upon you. So the meditation helps you in all these things. You That's remember when I, when I joined you, uh, this was yeah. way back, I think in 97 or 98, I can't remember. I think 97, yeah. 98. Um, yeah. and, and when you had this meditation, I'm being very honest and upfront. I thought, what is this, what is this man doing? Doing. You know, <laughs> yeah, what, what is this man yeah. doing with all these executive committee members? But I have to be very honest and confide in you today. And I've you never want? done that. I had that brochure with me in my room, in my apartment. I used to live in a small place called Chamarajapuram, a lovely yeah. flat overlooking mm -hmm. these beautiful trees. Anyway, coming back to this, I had this prayer and I somehow sneaked in to get one of the brochures and, or pamphlets. And I used to read that every morning. 
I have to be very honest and tell you, I didn't come to your room, but I read it in my room. And trust me, I have to be very honest to God. It gave me so much mental peace that from maybe the second month onwards, I had a total, total different outlook of you as a person. Because maybe I was a brash youth, you know, wanting to do things my way and I didn't. But but I, I love that and I've always shared this with so many people in my life that there is this only one person I know, Mr. Jamwal, who could get everybody into his room in the morning at maybe 6.30, 7, 8, I can't remember, before we would get in the hotel to meditate. And, and the importance of that, you know, uh, and, and hats off to you, sir. I, I'm being very honest. I may have been very blunt and brash, but it, it, it did help me as a person a lot. And I till day remember that. It's been uh, more than 20 years now. Yeah, see, you're not the only one who thought that what is what is this guy doing? See, my, <laughs> was, Sorry about I that. Simply, I just I just wanted no, to be no. upfront and honest. See, see you're, you're not the only one. If you remember, Manu Rishi Gupta was one. And yeah. That Shan, Shan, I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, I'm what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that my job, see, my job is to tell the other person this is the right way to do it. If you can do it. Now it's up to the other person whether he or she wants to accept it or not. And you know, uh, I, I left I left my store and I still continued my prayers for a few years after that. I have to be yeah, honest but, with you. And yeah. Susan, so, so that the daily prayer that you have with you is a very yes. powerful medium. It's a very powerful medium. Yeah, and it was See, it was so simple. It it did not talk about any stars or the moons. It talked about doing good, being good, and, and yeah. you know, forgiving people. It was so simple and so powerful, and, and I love that. But, yeah, but uh, that was something I really wanted to bring it up to you and thank you today because uh, I have been meaning to uh, bring it up with you, but we never got a chance. But tell me, Mr. Jamwal, now you, I hear you're on the way to Goa. So what's happening in Goa? Well, in Goa, I'm working for an infrastructure company where... Okay. We're setting uh, villa homestays. You know, we've got uh, some land in Warka and one some land in Kancholib. So we're, we're going to start with six villas, uh, very high-end upmarket villas uh, in Warka and six villas in, in Kancholib. And then sell homestays through the villas. You know, we've, right. we've, already, we've already started one in Mashobara in Shimla, and that's doing very well. It's again another high-end one. Uh, one is starting tomorrow operations in Delhi. Another one in Delhi will come up, uh, will take a month or two under renovations. And uh, here what we've done is uh, we've employed all uh, staff from hotels with good experience in, in, in food and service and housekeeping. So those are three key components that we have to work on, food, housekeeping and service. So all staff from these, uh, staff in these uh, Areas are all from hotels, experienced staff. Why we are getting into this is now because uh, COVID came in and COVID is, has uh, disturbed the hospitality market, especially the hotels, very badly. So what we are promoting is, okay, we've got a four-bedroom villa. We are selling the whole villa to you. You please come and take it up. You and your friends can come or you and your family can come. And it's your well, private space. Count, count me in. Count me in. I'm planning over the year and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but, it's, 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 it's your private it's your private space 
and you use it as you want. And uh, the chef is here to cook meals for you. you. You choose what meal you want, and uh, you'll be served. So we, at least in Shamla, we also do a barbecue, and we take, we do picnic baskets if you want to go out for a picnic and all that. In Goa, that will not be required. You know, I'm I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed by your passion, by your fire, and by not uh, stopping and 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 keep moving. Sort of an attitude you have because. 50 plus years of experience and you're still pushing yourself to every bit. I can't forget having come to your lovely, lovely restaurant called Jamie's Kitchen in Jaipur <laughs> as well. That was, and, yeah. and, and, and by far, one of the best experiences and the best lalmasas I've had. I, I still remember. And you personally training your chefs, uh, though you haven't been a, a chef professionally, but no, I think no. the passion in you. The passion yeah. is to have good food, eat good food. And yes. if, I'm, if, if I'm producing it, try, try and produce as good as I eat. Certainly. I think, Mr. Jamwal, thank you so much for being a part of uh, Jolly Good Foodcast. It has been a big pleasure talking to you and learning you're, your you're insights. Welcome. You're welcome, Sojan. You're most welcome. You take care and be safe. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, I, I, and, and, and keep in touch. Like absolutely. And, 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 and Mr. Jamwal, if the listeners want to follow you, where can yeah. they find you online? Where can they find you online? Are you on any platform? Uh, no, no, how... I'm not. I'm, I'm not on any platform. But if they want to talk to me, they can, they can what do a WhatsApp call or whatever. Or if they want to write, they can write to my email. You have my email. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you absolutely. And 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 I'm sure everybody would know uh, uh, where you're going to be in Goa. And, and they would want to head out to your lovely setups. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that they like to wait and take some time before we set it up. Okay. Yeah. But, but thank right. you so much once again. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning into the show. We have a lot thank of you. interesting conversations coming soon on your favorite Foodcast app each week. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chef Jolly or Jolly Good Chef for more jolly good content. So thank you once again you. and have a lovely day. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, thank Jamwal. You. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you, Susan.